Pleased to be joined now by the one, the only, the legendary, the debonair, the internationally famous from behind the steel curtain, SB Nation's home for Pittsburgh Steelers content, the podcast producer for Behind the Steel Curtain, Brian Anthony Davis on Twitter at BTSCBad. Brian, thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Well, you got everything right that I sent you to say about me. That's great. I'll get that check to you, RJ. Thank you so much. Uh, the only thing I didn't include, uh, but I, I let you set me up, was uh, strikingly handsome. Uh, oh, yeah. So. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. Look at this. Um, <laughs> Brian, thanks for taking the time to join us on our pregame show. Um, we, we've had some conversations all week long. Uh, I think you probably feel similarly to a lot of Cowboys fans in that this should have been an awesome game. Obviously, it's a rare thing for the Cowboys and Steelers to meet only once every four years. That's the only thing that happens once every four years that people have been talking about this week, by the way. Um, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, I can't think of anything else. There's no right. Olympics. Uh, yeah, exactly. Hmm. No Olympics, no like summer solstice or whatever. Yeah. Um, but um, it, it's... It is a sour game for Cowboys fans uh, just because this season has been so down. Uh, the Cowboys two and six, but they do welcome the only undefeated team in the NFL on Sunday afternoon on CBS. Um, as a Steelers fan, are you at all nervous? Are you apprehensive? Or are you, um, from a respectful standpoint of the mindset of, yeah, this should be um, kind of cruise control for the Steelers to get to 8 no. You know, I am always apprehensive when it comes to the Steelers. This year, a little bit less, and I'm going to tell you why. It's all about maturity and the legendary for this team. When Ben Roethlisberger was out last year, same mm -hmm. situation as your Cowboys this year. What happened? You had to bring in – you went 0-3. You had to bring in Duck Hodges. You had to bring in Mason Rudolph. And they still were able to get – to eight and two down the stretch. They lost those last three games, did not make the playoffs, but they did not fold. So the Cowboys are in the similar situation where they have not been able to put it together. But this is a fantastic out-of-conference rivalry. This is the one that's been going on for a long time. I was probably about six years old when this whole thing was happening back in 1978. And on the other end of that winning streak ended up being the Dallas Cowboys at the uh, end of that season, a fantastic Super Bowl 13. These two teams play great games together. So I know from last year that the Steelers had the pride to keep on going when nobody expected them to. Think about this. The Minka Fitzpatrick trade last year was only made by the Dolphins because they thought the Steelers were going to fold like a cheap suit. Mm -hmm. They didn't think they thought they were going to get a top three, top four draft pick out of that Fitzpatrick deal. They had better deals, but they said, Hey, Ben just went down the day before these guys are done. They weren't done. I really love what the Cowboys were. It's amazing to see that they are still number one in passing yardage right now. And <laughs> being the fact that they're, and that just shows you what Dak Prescott did. And it was an amazing run. So it really stinks that we aren't going to have a great game like we did in 2016, like we did back in 2008. Those were teams that were on the precipice of a championship. Well, the Steelers won it in 2008. Right. And if it wasn't for that game against Dallas, if it would have went the other way, they're probably not winning the division. It's not working out the way that uh, it did. That, that game in yeah, I'm that sorry. game in, in 2008, um, that was the Tishar Choice game for the Cowboys. They had 
you know, really, uh, really were in, in a bad way. I believe at that point in time, the Steelers defense had yet to allow a hundred yard rusher. Um, and that was uh, certainly an interesting afternoon. Uh, the 2012 game, the last one at AT&T Stadium, um, at least between the Cowboys and Steelers, obviously the, the Steelers obviously played uh, played in the building at Super Bowl uh, 45. Uh, that game went to overtime. I mean, you know, so th- there have been some really um, amazing and thrilling finishes, uh, an incredible uniform matchup. You know, it, it's this game should have it all. I can't believe Ben Roethlisberger has played this many times against the Cowboys. Um, you, you mentioned the Minka Fitzpatrick trade of a year ago. And I think, I, I do think Cowboys fans would spiral out of control if the team traded away their first round pick in 2021, just because I, I think the difference, the clear difference between the Cowboys of now and the Steelers of a year ago is that there was a lot more team pride and there was a lot better coaching. The fact that Mike Tomlin was able to, to drag that team to, to almost a playoff berth. And uh, it's, as has been chronicled many different times, if, if the now new playoff format were in existence a year ago, the Steelers would have been a playoff team. And so do, do you see that as a difference um, as an outsider, somebody who went through this last year following the Steelers? Do, do you see it a disconnect in that sense that, that these Cowboys don't have whatever fifth year the Steelers did a year ago to, to be able to, you know, put things together in absence of their star quarterback. I think a little bit, but I still got to look at that offensive line, which was just the benchmark. They, it was actually the cream of the league, that offensive line. Now it's a shell of, shell of its former self. I mean, yeah. When you lose a guy like Tyron Smith and you've lost a lot on that offensive line, so it doesn't really matter who you're going to put back there right now at quarterback it's the fact that that whole offense is basically riding on three fantastic receivers that no one can get the ball to or no one is going to have the time to get the ball to so they've got their backs are up against the wall as far as that goes so i don't i i still see a lot of pride in dallas i really do Mm. but i think the losses have been a lot more than uh and this is me from on the other side of the, not the world, but the other side of the country over here in the, the state of Maryland where I'm set up and I'm looking at Dallas and I'm just like, they've been dealt a bad hand. Yeah. And, and, you know, that happens. I think certainly uh, we've seen different teams withstand that we've seen Mike McCarthy's Packers withstand that. Um, I did want to ask about McCarthy. Uh, you mentioned you're located in Maryland specifically, but obviously McCarthy has some, some Pittsburgh, some Pennsylvania ties. The Cowboys also have Sean Lee, uh, who's, who's from Western PA? Um, is there um, is there a sense of, I mean, I, not, not that any Cowboys fan can take any ownership of this or anything, but but sense of bitterness towards Mike McCarthy because he is the the coach that that stopped the Steelers from from getting a seventh World Championship already. I mean, is is that there or has it has enough time passed uh, that that it's not that big of a deal? Even though this game's happening in the same venue. You keep talking about this game in Dallas Super Bowl 45. I don't recall that whatsoever. Uh, Some people that, missed it. There was the whole ticket fiasco. You know, there's a lot of controversy. Yeah. Maybe it should the, the snow, the whole uh, – my buddies actually went to that game. And that, that was – that's a game that the Steelers blew. They sure. really blew that game. And it had a lot to do with uh, Marquise Pouncey going down. Uh, Doug Ligurski came in at center and, you know, Ben was bull rushed. There were a lot of mistakes in that game. A lot of people are going to hold it on Richard Mendenhall for that fumble. I don't know how you don't fumble in that situation when you're getting cracked from two sides, but 
as far as Mike McCarthy goes, and real quick, I'm from Western Pennsylvania myself. I'm relocated to Maryland. And, you know, there is no ill will towards Mike McCarthy whatsoever. There were a lot of people shouting for Mike McCarthy to replace Mike Tomlin last year because, you know, Interesting. M- Mike Tomlin is not respected in the manner that he should be. Agreed. He, he really is not whatsoever, and it drives me absolutely bats because this guy, he is about to tie the record if, with a win this week, 14 seasons without a losing season. Now, he's had those three eight and eight seasons, but never has he had a losing season. He's going to tie Marty Schottenheimer for that record with a win this week. And so it's almost a given. I mean, if they don't win another game this year, he's not going to tie it. But sure. come on, we, we think that's going to happen. But, <laughs> you, you know, a lot of people were, were calling for Mike McCarthy. That's the guy they wanted last year. I the don't, local flavor uh, and everything, yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, the winning, the, uh, you always want that other guy. But let me tell you this. They wanted Bill Cowher fired from 1998 to 2000. Those were three seasons missing the playoffs. They wanted him gone. Now, Bill Cowher walks on water because he is gone, and now we're ripping on the next guy. So 15 years down the road, people are going to be pining for the days of Mike Tomlin. That's just the the way it is. You don't give the love to the guy that's in the room right now, and you really need to. I think that's um, that's an effect that's felt for Cowboys fans with uh, with Tony Romo, um, his his history. Uh, believe me, I mean I don't know that you'll find a bigger Tony Romo fan than me, but his his career is romanticized. Uh, you know, the further away we get from it, um, and you know, I'm I'm sure it'll be a similar circumstance for Ben Roethlisberger. Although Ben Ben's a Hall of Famer, I mean, it's a bit of a different conversation in that aspect, but. Um, and that's interesting uh, to consider Mike McCarthy uh, as, as the potential coach. This too. I do think I agree with you. Mike Tomlin's so underrated. Um, I tweeted recently. Um, it was after the Jets cut Le'Veon Bell. I mean, the fact that, that Mike Tomlin held all that together with Lev, with Antonio Brown, and and got the best out of them. And obviously, um, I, I hate to call the Steelers winners in that you know battle if you want to look at it that way. But but the Steelers, I mean. If you want to believe in an organization above anything else, I think the Steelers are kind of the the marquee franchise to look towards, um, certainly maybe across all of American professional sports. I think you'd have to maybe find some sort of uh, English soccer club to kind of rival them in that respect. But I, I do think they're ran in a similar way, which is why maybe they, they operate that way. Um, who, who would you say, and, and it's, it's so hard for Cowboys fans to kind of take this as a serious matchup, uh, but in that respect, who would you say the 2020 Steelers are? Because I think uh, on the surface, everybody sees the 7-0 record. Everybody hears about the defense, people that aren't watching the Steelers week in and week out. Everybody knows they beat the Ravens last week in, in a game that was actually rescheduled um, because of, of COVID uh, impact and whatnot. But what, what is the strength? What is the weakness? I mean, where, where is this team flawed and where are they perfect? Well, first of all, if I had one word to describe this team, I'm going to say focused. They're on a mission right now. Ben Roethlisberger's on a mission. Ben Roethlisberger's another guy that is not completely respected around the league. I mean, he had, I mean, he has a past, and that's something you know not to get into. But a lot of people don't respect him for being the guy that came out of college, brash, and was the hey, I'm the big fish in this small pond, and sure, and you're gonna love me. And he had an ego. 
that ego has been greatly reduced. He is not the same guy. In fact, I remember a few years ago when Sean Sweezum came back into the building um, in 2010, and he was actually in that same building in training camp in 2005, and he was saying stuff like, this is not the same guy. This is a guy that's more focused. This is a guy who's more businesslike. And Ben now wants to win a title again, not just to you know, pile on to uh, the two titles that he already has, not to prove anything. He is talking right now and saying all the right things. He wants to win a title for the guys that don't have a title. And that's almost, that's everybody. Sure. Cam Hayward doesn't have a title. Uh, you know, he wants to see those guys get that ring. And he wants to be the guy to lead them. So this is probably... Ben's retribution as far as uh, mm. it's when I say, cause it's not revenge. Ben, Ben has no revenge. Somebody posted an idea that, Hey, let's have a Ben revenge t-shirt revenge tour t-shirt. And we're like, no, no, this is a comeback tour. And that's a, we have mm. the comeback tour t-shirts because it's not, he has no, reve- he needs no revenge. Any problems that Ben had were Ben's fault, but he's really redeeming himself. And he's coming back, and I like to say this from one of my favorite movies. Everyone makes fun of me because I bring this up all the time. But if you remember the program from 1993, Gene Hackman uh, goes into the huddle, says, boys, let's put the women and children to bed. Let's go looking for dinner. And that's what Ben Roethlisberger is going into the huddle and saying. When they are down in a game, when they're struggling against the Broncos and Jeff Driscoll, when they're struggling against the Eagles, when they're losing a lead against the Titans – when they're down 10 to the Baltimore Ravens, which no one comes back from being down 10 to the Baltimore yeah. Ravens. Ben's like, hey, guys, we got this covered. Let's go looking for dinner. And that's exactly what they're doing with Ben Roethlisberger this year. So they are very focused. You saw after the Ravens game, all the shenanigans with the Baltimore Ravens, with the, uh, the soldier tweet from Hollywood Brown. Say, <laughs> so, you know, why aren't you going to use us? Yeah. Um, why have the soldiers if you're not going to use us? You, you saw that. Use Des, Baltimore, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, he's there. I, in fact, I'm wondering if he was brought in just to wear the number 11 and be Chase Claypool in practice, but that, that's, a, that's another thing. But I would have gladly brought Des in as well. Um, but I digress. But you have that situation with, with Hollywood Brown complaining. You have Marcus Peters headbutting a couple guys, Matthew Judon being – just that team unraveled and I'm really interested to see what they're going to interested to see what they're going to do this week. But then you have a couple weeks ago with Juju Smith Schuster, get He's the leader of that receiving team. (laughs) He's in his fourth season. He's going to be 24 on November 22nd. That's how young this guy still is. He had six yards a couple weeks back and they won the game and he's celebrating. This is a team accomplishment. It's more of a team than I've ever seen. The Steeler team could have not done this a few years ago. They could have not done this in 2018. But they're able to do it now because they're together. They're focused. They have flaws. The flaws, you know, probably depth now at inside linebacker. Sure. You have some depth at defense. And right now, the defensive backs are giving up more yards than they ever did before. When you look at the statistics as far as the passing game, RJ, the passing game – they're giving up a lot of yards as far as against the pass. They gave up a lot of yards the other day and dropped from number one to number five in rushing yards. But stats don't matter to this team. Individual stats don't matter. The one stat that matters is wins, and they're mature enough 
to let it pile up? I do think um, there is like an, an encore sort of vibe to, to these Steelers and specifically to Ben. Um, I wonder, and, and, I, and again, I, I certainly believe that we'll be, uh, we'll be talking in the offseason in terms of how the Cowboys can emulate what the Steelers have done this season. And, and I think, I mean, I, I certainly can't speak for Ben or for the Steelers organization, but I do think there's this sense of, of how precious a season is when, when you are fortunate from a health perspective. And obviously, um, you know, that is said with, uh, with a grain of salt, given our world's current climate. But uh, because, I mean, you look at last year's Steelers team, I think you, you learned that lesson of, of how just how vital, you know, that is and how fortunate it is to be lucky in that respect, because that is such a, a big part of, of the NFL of, of withstanding, of surviving. I mean, I know a lot of people said, you know, like that 2008 team, that was the, the season Tom Brady missed. And I think every Patriots fan would, would certainly argue that they were blue in the face over that. But um, but and so I do sense that sort of like, I don't, I don't say gratitude, but that 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 energy. Um, I know Ben had the the YouTube series this year. Like that was a different thing for him too. Like I just, it does seem like somebody who uh, is maybe cut from a different NFL generation that is now, you know what, these are, these are my final years. I want to, I want to enjoy them. I want to memorialize them. I want to be able to look back on them. It does kind of feel like Ben is riding that wave, so to speak. Yeah. It almost feels like he's running for office now. He's (laughs) He's <laughs> saying all, all the right things. You know, if he has a bad game, it's going to be all shocks. It's, it's going to be right. all that, you know, like, I've got to play better. I've got to do this. There's nobody being thrown under the bus. He, he learned from the whole Antonio Brown fiasco of 2018. Mm. And that was really, that was, uh, he was held hostage. Ben was held hostage on that. The team was held hostage on that entire thing by an agent and by a rogue player that was just looking for a payday. And that's all that was, was happening there. Um, and we've seen how that's played out in the last two years. It's been really odd. Uh, Pittsburgh was looking really bad for a couple months, and then Antonio Brown started to unravel with the, Ra- with the Raiders and mm-hmm. then with the Patriots deal and all that. And then everyone's looking back, you know, a third and a fifth? You guys did okay. Yeah, it did well because it it ended up being addition by subtraction, and the reason I'm going back to that right now is you probably you're not going to have you might have a thousand yard receiver in either a Juju or a Chase Claypool, but you don't have to. Right. It doesn't matter because Ben has all these targets right now. In fact, Vance McDonald's fantastic and only has ten targets. He's eight catches on ten targets, and he's seventh. And he's going to fall down to eighth because Ray Ray McLeod's probably going to catch him. There is so much. They built this team for Ben to have weapons coming back because they know that the window is closing on him. Sure. They know they've got two years. So they built it by bringing in Stefan Wisniewski, by bringing in um, Eric Ebron, by making those deals. Even uh, Derek Watt was another reason. Bringing those guys in to build for a championship. Now people were complaining about, given up a 2022 pick for Avery Williamson this week. I, gosh, they didn't really give anything up. They had right. a fifth rounder that they gave away. They're getting a seventh rounder back. You know how bad the Jets are? It's about, what, 40 picks. <laughs> That's all. It's just moving down 40 picks to bring a guy in and have some extra depth. So this team is really focused on winning now. They know the window is going to close. They know when Ben goes that it's going to be a major rebuild, rebuild because we saw it. We saw it last year, right? And I think you know, looking back on sort of the the like Triple B era Steelers, there was this sense of of 
Um, like when every like 17 year old plays their like Madden franchise, it's like, okay, I got to get my quarterback 300 passing yards and I got to get my, my wide receiver hundred yards and I got to get my running back hundred, you know, like those are your objectives. And it does feel like there is this, who cares? However, we got to get it done. Let's get it done. If it's ugly, if it's pretty, if we throw the ball 10 times, if we throw the ball 50 times, it's the true Steeler way. I do think that's exemplified in, in the defensive play. Certainly. Um, I don't know if you know this, uh, you know, but we, I, I talked about this on the show that I was on that you guys do, which was fantastic I, earlier in the week. I heard um, it. It was great. If you're, if you're unaware, every Cowboys fan is incredibly sore that T.J. Watt is not on their team. The Cowboys passed on T.J. Watt to draft Taco Charlton in 2017. It was a mistake that they're still kind of living down. And I, I would have, from the perspective of wanting to see the Cowboys get burned by that bad decision, I would have loved for this to have been a really – you know, like the Cowboys and the Eagles are going kind of shot for shot in the NFC East and they blow this game because TJ Watt just has the game of his life and proves them wrong. That is not the case. Uh, but, I mean, what, what has he meant to the Steelers? Just, just to be solved in, uh, in a lot of wounds right here. He is everything right now to that Steelers defense. And Bud Dupree is too. I mean, mm -hmm. and it's kind of like the board game clue. If Colonel Mustard doesn't get you with the rope in the library, then Professor yeah. Plum is going to nail you in the conservatory with the wrench. I mean, that's what's going to happen. You're going to have either side. One of these guys is going to kill you. But T.J. Watt is the heart and soul of this team. He is the one guy that they are going to sign more than anything. And, you know, I like how you mentioned that 2017 draft. Great draft for the Steelers because Juju and James Conner right. and Cameron Sutton came in those first four picks. but not everybody was thrilled about the T.J. Watt pick because they're thinking, oh, he's just I – mean, he's not J.J. You know, right. he's, I mean, he's smaller. He hasn't played full-time at outside short. linebacker. That's what the Cowboys yeah. say. Oh. I, I heard you say that. But <laughs> the guy has a motor. He has a, a motor. He has a pride about him. He is one of those guys that, you know, it's little brother syndrome too. He's like, I'm going to beat my little – my bigger brother. Mm -hmm. I really do. And he's, he's just the man for that team. He is becoming the face of the defense and the face of the franchise. When Ben goes, it's, it's pretty much T.J. Watt's team as far as that goes. As you saw what J.J.'s done in Houston, but T.J. has an opportunity right now to go ahead and believe this or not, he has an opportunity to beat the franchise record four seasons from now in sacks. Because the record is only 80.5 owned by James Harrison. Coming into this season, coming into his fourth season, he had 34 and a half sacks. He is six and a half now. He's halfway to the record. And if he keeps up that pace, he could do it in three or four years. And you know they're going to do everything they can to sign this guy. You mentioned James Harrison. That is a, a sore point for Cowboys fans. I think every Cowboys fan would tell you that DeMarcus Ware was robbed of defensive player of the year in 2008. If that, if that Cowboys team had had, had success um, and, and not finished out of the playoffs, I, I wonder. Because, I, you know, that those awards are so narrative-driven in a lot of respects. Uh, but, you know, it is what it is. Um, I don't know if you noticed. I didn't want to just throw this in at one point because it is our pregame show. Mike McCarthy, as mentioned, is from Pennsylvania. I talked about growing up a big Steelers and Pirates fan. Um, he mentioned who his favorite Steeler was of all time. Do you know the answer off the top of your head? Actually, I don't. So if I'm Who would I'm you thinking, guess? I'm going to say Jack Lambert. It's Jack Lambert. That's what, sir. Why would, why'd you guess that? I mean, out of curiosity. Well, you know, 
Brett Michaels of Poison fame is a huge Jack Lambert fan, and he's a huge <laughs> Steelers fan because he, he's from Western Pennsylvania. I actually uh, ended up in Central Pennsylvania in the Mechanicsburg area, but he talks about being a Steeler fan all the time. And when people talk about the defense from the seventies, you know, there's always Joe Green, there's always Mel Blunt, there's right. all there's all those guys. But when you want the guy that wasn't afraid to spout his mouth off. And case in point, Cowboys fans probably hate him for Super Bowl ten, but we have a writer at Behind the Still Curtain that his he's my partner on on the pregame show, and his title for the longest time was Cliff Harris is still a punk because <laughs> of that play, patting Roy Jarella on the head, and then the Steelers who were struggling, Jack Lambert comes in, body slams him. Yes, he should have been kicked out of that game. He wasn't. But that inspired the entire team. So the whole badassery of the Steelers is basically it's Jack Lambert. He was the, he was the bad guy, and it was good to be bad with him. And you you were never afraid. Uh, you were never afraid when that guy was around. They used to joke that when the boogeyman goes to bed, he looks under his bed for Jack Lambert, and that was the deal. So I had a chance to meet him about ten years ago, and he was the same guy, same personality. And sounded the same way, and it, it was he was sitting the same way he did on the sideline, drinking a beer, smoking a cigarette at at five o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> uh, that is awesome. That's Pro Football Hall of Famer Cliff Harris now, by the way. Which is yes. like, again, that's that's so that's what makes this game fun is it is so rich in history, um, and tradition, and legacy. Um, you know, a name that is not brought up, I feel like, enough in just NFL lore, but certainly um, as a common denominator between the Cowboys and Steelers, Ernie Stautner. Ernie Stautner, I believe, the first Pittsburgh Steeler to have his jersey retired before Joe Green very recently, yep. and uh, one of the architects behind the Doomsday defense under Tom Landry. Um, people thought, like, that name never gets said. It's, it's a shame for Ernie Stautner. Yeah, number 70, and that guy was a legendary coach for the uh, – how many years did he coach for the Cowboys, too? It was like 30. I mean, it was like the whole Tom Landry uh, era. I mean, you know, he was, he was pretty amazing uh, from top to bottom. He's overshadowed in Pittsburgh as well. I mean, even though he's retired and the diehards know him, but I bet you if I talk, about, talk to some of the guys um, on the BTSC network right now, they don't know that much about him. I mean, I, I missed – I missed him here in Pittsburgh as well, um, but he was something. I remember when he passed away, and I believe that was about 15 years ago now, in 2005, I had a chance to read more and learn more about him, and the guy was an incredible presence um, for this team because the, the Pittsburgh Steelers, before 1969, were not very good, and he was, he was your legend. Uh, I encourage all of our younger fans to, you know, check out Ernie Stoutner's Wikipedia page. You can learn a lot. Uh, Brian, uh, before we go, the Steelers are favored, uh, 13 and a half points is generally the line, depending on where you look. Um, if you are unaware again, you, you know, you, I'm, I'm sure you listen to, um, to everything that BTSC puts out. Uh, but I did mention the Cowboys are 0 and 8 against the spread, uh, this season. Do you, do you think that holds? I know that's, that's a big line. And I actually believe that that is the largest that any team has ever been favored on the road against the Cowboys, at the very least in the history of AT&T Stadium. I just think that the Cowboys are snake-bitten right now, and I really don't see Garrett 
Gilbert. I'm sorry. I, I don't even know his name. <laughs> <laughs> it's Garrett Gilbert. Garrett, Garrett Gilbert. I, you know, Cooper Rush. My gosh, it could be... It could be Getty Lee from Rush coming in or Bradley Cooper. I mean, these, these guys are having a hard time right now. And I really empathize for them because, you know, I felt it last year. I sure. just – I have picked against the Steelers a lot this year. I picked against them last week. I picked against them against the Houston Texans. I almost picked against them against Philly just because I'm nervous about things because sure. I've seen them play down to competition. This year, I don't expect them – this week, I don't expect them to play down to competition because of that mission that they're on. Um, I really think – Mike Tomlin doesn't care about spreads. He right. cares about the win. If they win by six points, that's all he cares about. I kind of expect them to beat that spread, um, not by too much, but I'm looking around 34 to 13. I, I think the Cowboys are, are going to uh, give them some fits here and there. But I just don't think they've got enough. And I don't want to pile on Dallas because, like I said, I'm probably more pessimistic than most. And I, I consider myself an optimist. But sure. I just know that the Steelers struggle in these areas. But th this team is a special team right now. And they're really on that mission. And I don't think that uh, – I don't think uh, Gilbert's going to be able to move. No, really I, um, I if, if it's any um... – any sort of warm, warm hugs, warm cup of tea, um, warm, you know, it's the time of year, maybe, maybe cup of cider, uh, in your neck of the woods. But, um, so the Cowboys, when Dak Prescott went down against the New York Giants, that, that particular drive, they did finish with a touchdown outside of that drive from the end of the Giants game to the Cardinals game on Monday Night Football, the road game in Washington and the road game in Philadelphia last week, they have one touchdown outside of that in terms of drives that have 0% contribution from Dak Prescott. They have one touchdown that came in garbage time against Arizona on Monday Night Football. So I would I would feel rather optimistic. I mean, um, with, with a thirteen and a half point line, I, I think I think it might get covered in, in a twenty one point outing, honestly. Um, and you mentioned it, which I think every Cowboys fan appreciates the the kind thoughts and and certainly uh, from somebody who who rooted on Mason Rudolph and rooted on Duck Hodges. Um, it, it is just that kind of year, and so we'll see how the Cowboys are able to respond. Hopefully. Uh, the 2024 matchup between the two uh, out in Pittsburgh is a lot more fun. Do you think Ben is around for that one? My last question. No, nah, you know, I really don't. Um, I think that's, you know, he says he's going to be around, but how much longer can he really go? So I'm probably going to say no. You never know what's going to happen. But I just hope it's, it's both teams are up to strength because this stinks this year. I would rather see this being – just a great matchup being that worthy of that 425 you know time zone with having Nance and Romo on there right and it's just because here's the thing about the Cowboys I don't hate the Cowboys I hate the Eagles I hate the Giants don't hate the Cowboys and they hate the I, Giants but there's like that's a family thing the Maras and the Roonies and you know I mean I could that's like your cousins how can you hate the Giants I mean Kate Mara's hot yeah you know no it's just like well I mean my uh, my wife's nephew, who's her age, is a, an obnoxious Giants fan, and has really made me hate the Giants. But I do, I do appreciate them for beating the uh, the Patriots twice in the Super Bowl. So I thank them for that. But right now, I'm rooting for teams like the Cowboys, and yeah, you know, I'm rooting for the uh, Washington Football Team as well because I live you know closer to that area, sure. and you know I'd I'd love to see them do well, but. I want to see Dallas back to who they're supposed to be. 
Mm-hmm. And I just watched Super Bowl 30 again the other day. We do something called the Steeler Retro Show. Um, and we aired it this week, getting ready for this game. And so, mm-hmm. you know, next week we have the Bengals. So there's going to be a Bengals game. We, we, just, uh, we just recorded the Bengals show. So every week with a new, the new opponent, we've talked so much about 2020. It's time to go back in time. And that's what we do. So I listened to that game and actually watched that game. And I was like, wow, this is the way it was. And, and the, the, the Cowboys were so much better than Pittsburgh. But Pittsburgh hung on and had so many chances to win that game. But it was great to see two Titans clash. And that's exactly what it was. So when I see the silver, white, and blue come in to, to play the black and gold, I think about all those fantastic matchups and the Cowboys, you know, lead the series 13 to 11. And I think about how it's always going to be a game. Yeah, no, I think that's well said. Um, It's a shame this, this wasn't, you know, and I hate to just, you know, end on a somber note, but it it should have been a really fun game. Uh, It should have been Jimmy and and Bill Cower uh, both kind of, you know, we should have gotten like a pregame shot of them, you know, in a suite with their gold jackets on, like, you know, it, it had all of that positive momentum and obviously a lot of things changed. Uh, well, Brian, uh, we appreciate the time behind the stillcurtain.com. You guys have a fantastic podcast network. You're all over YouTube as well. You are on Twitter at BTSC Brad. Anything else I missed? And anything else? The Steelers Retro Show? I mean, what else you guys got coming out uh, as the Steelers look to stay undefeated? Well, actually, I'm not trying to correct you. It's BTSC Bad because of oh, Brian Anthony right. Davis. Yeah, yeah okay. I, I go yeah. by I go by Bad on the network, and I've now I've got this persona that I'm some kind of like wild dude because we talk about we we have a phrase here, and you mentioned winning ugly earlier. We talk about a two a.m. game, and this could be a two a.m. game. And the reason it's called a two a.m. game is you know you're in the bar at two a.m. Your buddies have all hooked up, and then all of a sudden you look around. She's not anything to write home about, but hey, it's 2 a.m. I must be lonely. So, uh, you know, it could be a 2 a.m. game here. Um, so we have shows like Tales from 2 a.m. where we have a lot of fun. Um, but what we're doing right now, we have Know Your Enemy, which you were fantastic on the other night. We do appreciate you coming on. We do that every Wednesday to talk about who's upcoming. We also have the Steeler Preview, which has become our flagship show with Jeff Hartman. And another co-editor, Dave Schofield, who you met the other night, um, and myself, we're on that. Steeler Brunch with Tony's tomorrow. And then tomorrow morning on our audio-only audio platform, we've got two blokes from Australia that are diehard That's Pittsburgh right. Steeler fans. It's called Touchdown Under. And uh, Touchdown Under, if you want to get an Australian flair for the Pittsburgh Steelers, that's the show to listen to as well. So we that's have awesome. so, ma- so many shows. Jeff Hartman does the uh, – the Let's Ride podcast, Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays. Dave Schofield does the Stat Geek. We're running about 25 shows a week now, and it's a whole lot of fun. We, we are just fans that want to be in a sports bar talking Steelers, and that's exactly what we're doing through our podcast platform. That's the energy I got in, from hanging out with you guys. I'm glad you, you plug touchdowns uh, down under. I mean, it's, it's, that's, uh, you were telling me about it the other day. It sounded really cool. Uh, I'm going to check it out myself. Everything that we're doing at SB Nation is a lot of fun. It's always great whenever we can uh, hook up like this. Uh, I told you guys the other night, I just wanted to reiterate here on our platform. Uh, I, I have a great deal of respect for the Steelers. Uh, and, I, and I think that, that that idea and that disposition trickles down to Steelers fans. Uh, it's always pleasant. It's a heated rivalry, certainly at different times, but 
Um, you know, I think in an ideal world, if, if your two cornerstone franchises of the NFL met, it, it should be like this and, and it should be civil. It should be fun. It should be, uh, you know, full of memories and good times and, and fun laughs and, uh, you know, clinging glasses, uh, if, if that could be the case. Uh, so we appreciate the time. Appreciate you jumping on our pregame show. Best of luck to the Steelers this season. Uh, I, I would I would be lying if I said I hope they won the Super Bowl just because at this point it's you know we need everybody to chill. Nobody can get to seven. Uh, it's too much. We need everybody to stay at six, and then then we can revisit all of this uh, <laughs> down the road. Uh, but if they make it there, I certainly hope you have a great time. For what it's worth, last time the Super Bowl was in Tampa, and uh, you know the Steelers played the Cowboys, it worked out for them. So maybe that'll happen this year. There you go. You know, I really appreciate you having me on. Um, I am going to be rooting on those Cowboys. So, uh, you know, definitely they have a 2 a.m. game in them. I'm telling you, they're going to win one that you don't expect. And that is going to be that is going to be really fun. So thanks for having me on today. This has been an absolute blast. And if you want me to come on and trash the Ravens before they, they play the Ravens, I'd be glad to because I like do nothing that. more. We might do that. Uh, Brian, there is an episode of How I Met Your Mother called uh, Nothing Good Happens After 2 a.m. So uh, hopefully that alignment doesn't happen for the Cowboys this season. But Brian Anthony <laughs> Davis from BehindTheStoreCurtain.com, thank you so much for joining us. I uh, appreciate your time. Have a great rest of your season, Brian. Uh, Brian I keep doing it again. Brian, thanks so much. Hey, I'm easy like Sunday morning, buddy. Thank you. <laughs>